Hello, everybody, and welcome to Bezel Banter, a podcast that covers different topics, including travel, various gear, and of course, watches. I am Leslie. And I'm Ernesto. And uh, today we're talking about the Tudor Heritage Black Bay with the ETA movement. And we're talking about its significance um, for bezel banter. But first, let me start uh, talking a little bit about myself. Um, I used to work um, previously for an authorized dealer um, for a little over uh, six years, actually. And um, that's how we uh, met with Ernesto. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, so I am also in sales, but in a totally different industry. But I have been a consumer and an enthusiast of watches for, I want to say, decades and date myself. <laughs> so, yeah, so I remember it, Leslie, so well. It was a Friday, September 16th to be exact. Yeah. And I remember finishing up with a meeting in the Orlando area. And for a few months before, I was like, oh, you know, there's this Tudor Black Bay 41. It's the one with the e ETA movement or the ETA movement. And it, it is a watch that I am very interested in seeing if I can add to my collection. But as we always recommend, the specifications on the website don't really mean much until you put that on your wrist. So I decided, you know what, after that uh, meeting, I was going to go see if I can find the closest authorized dealer to where I am before I head home. And I was going to go ahead and just even just try it on and see if it would even work. And so I went into the store and, um, and I met Leslie yeah, and yeah. you were, you were very nice. You, you, you know, you, uh, were open to showing me all these different watches and we got to the tutor section and you started asking me a bunch of questions. And I, and fortunately enough, I knew the answer to it because the <laughs> questions were like rapid fire. And so I was like, uh, you, the first question you asked me was, do you want the ETA or do you want the in-house movement? And you know, earlier that year, uh, Tudor launched that in-house movement. So mm -hmm. it was a, a valid question. And I said, well, you know, I really like that ETA movement. You know, they're no longer going to be making it. Um, mm -hmm. It's it, I think it's going to be a unique piece to have in my collection. And so and the other thing, too, is, you know, we all know how the ETA is a very robust movement and easy to go ahead and have service. And there wasn't really a lot of history yet behind the in-house movement for the tutor. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, sure. I'm going to go with the ETA. And then the next question was, hey, do you, want, uh, uh, do you want a strap or do you want the bracelet? And I thought about it and I said, well, you know, at that time in my collecting phase, a few years back, I was very much into straps. So to me, it was a no-brainer. I didn't, I didn't necessarily, I wasn't interested in the bracelet. I just wanted to go ahead and and uh, get it on the strap. And, mm -hmm. and I think, Leslie, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that the um, there was a NATO that came with all of those, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And no yeah, matter yeah. the version you would get at the time, um, you would have also the, the NATO strap. Uh, so you had basically the bracelet and the NATO, or you would have the leather strap and the NATO. Uh, yeah. And, and, and can I be honest with you, that leather strap, I... I took it off immediately and yeah. I've never even worn the leather strap. <laughs> it's still in the plastic in the box. So yep, same. <laughs> um, I, I, I've put other NATOs and, and, and other leather straps with that. But, uh, so that was that, so that was the next question. And the, and the other question was what color and, you know, 
I knew that I wanted the red. Mm-hmm. I remember, um, the red yeah. was the yeah, the red was the one that I saw in all of those advertisements and that was the one that really captured my attention. Mm-hmm. And then I said red and you you made me look at your wrist. And you, actually on your wrist you had a black bay as well, but it was the black uh bezel and it was the black version and you know, do you want to share a little bit about that? Yes, yeah. I I remember um I remember it quite well. I even remember the location within the store where they were uh all at the, you know, uh at the far right end corner of the store so when you That's would right. come in, mhm. And so you could see all of them being displayed there and uh you could see all the colors and it's true the red is the first one that they've when they reintroduced Tudor and the uh, you know American market, um, they started with the with the red bezel, and then uh, they came out with the blue, blue bezel, black dial, and then uh, for a very limited period, about I think it's around six months, they made an ETA movement um, with a black bezel, which is the one that I um, that I got. Um, it, it was a no brainer for me either, uh, to, to get the, uh, the ETA movement, um, again, because movement is great, it's robust, but it's also since they started making a, an in-house movement, um, watch already, I knew they were going to make an in-house black bay and it was just a question of time. So, down the road, uh, it was also going to be a little bit more exclusive, especially at first, no one really knew what Tudor was. They didn't have uh, that great reputation he had, you know, that mainstream reputation at least. So collectors knew about Tudor, but everyone else kind of thought it was like, oh yeah, a little, you know, it's the sister company from Rolex. And so uh, it's like, oh, you can't afford a Rolex, so you'll get a Tudor. This is uh, at the time the reputation that they had, uh, like for most people, they didn't really know watches. So um, I, I knew down the road it would be more rare and it would have more history and it would be more interesting in the long term. Um, and so, yeah, I remember we were looking at all the versions um, and uh, yeah, you always, you were, you know, stuck on that red with good reasons, uh, with good reasons. And um, yeah, that's uh, that's all it, where it all started. We, um, and so I remember trying to contain my excitement. I, <laughs> on the other side of the counter, I'm I'm trying to see if I can look cool at the same time. As I wasn't containing my my emotions uh, I, at all. I just not <laughs> talking about watches. So. Well, I and this was a watch. So as as a collector, as an enthusiast, I I rarely, rarely, rarely ever make snap decisions or I'm not a compulsive buyer. So I usually like to covet watches for a while and I'm quite methodical and I just want to make sure, um, you know, that that's a pe- that's something that's going to stay in my collection. That piece is going to stay in my collection for a mm-hmm. while. And man, it, it was like six months or something like that, that I was really thinking about this black Bay, uh, 41. And so between your, um, your character as an enthusiast of watches and not just a typical AD uh, sales associate and also you having one of these black bays on your wrist. I was like, guys, this is a no brainer. I got to pick this thing up this Friday. <laughs> and then the icing on the cake was when Leslie said, well, you know, let me talk to my director and see if I might be able to help you out, which we all kind of know what that meant. So I was like, she came back and I was like, okay, just, just, yeah, let's go ahead and wrap it up and just ring me up. Here's, 
here's my card. <laughs> and so that was, that was how we first met. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Yeah. That's true. At the time I was, oh yeah, I was, um, a sales associate who just started, um, collecting as well. Black Bay was my first high end timepiece. And, um, that's the one that started it all uh, for me really and gave me this appreciation. And, and once you have some, well, first, it was for, for me, obviously, you know, it was my watch and I loved it. But then when you start meeting other watch enthusiasts and you start like, you know, showing your wrist and you see, you know, you, you start connecting with them and you're, you know, part of the club. Um, it's not the reason why you buy a watch, obviously, but it's, it's, I don't know, it just adds to it. So um, it just, yeah, it just made it, you know, better or worse. I don't know. Better for me, worse for my wallet. <laughs> I, I think I think it's cyclical. <laughs> there are good times and bad times with this quote quote disease. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh man. So so what I what I wanted to just touch base with you on because, like you said, it was your first watch in your mm-hmm. collection, and it you know this wasn't per se my first watch, but as an enthusiast and as a collector, I very much gravitate towards tool watches, simple watches. I love dive watches. Um, I love the functionality behind it. I'm I'm not one at this stage of my collecting that I'm into um, a lot of functionality or complication. Mm-hmm. I like the simple pieces and stuff. But, you know, I know that for the past four years that I've had this Tudor Black Bay, I have used it for so many different things. And this is a watch that I don't necessarily baby. I mean, I take it out on bike rides. I swim with it. I, this has seen water from various uh, bodies of water throughout uh, the country, at least. And and actually, but this particular watch, um, it, it's one that, so I travel for work. As I mentioned, I'm in, I'm actually uh, in sales in a different industry. And so I travel for work and I also travel, of course, for pleasure. And this watch, oftentimes I travel and carry with me a canvas roll bag. And this watch oftentimes gets tucked in there because it's a watch that's versatile enough on um, whether it's a bracelet or on the leather that you can wear it during those activities, but also wear it for dinner. I mean, Mm -hmm. sometimes I go out and I'm not sure later that week who my clients or customers are going to be that I'm going to be out to dinner with. And it's a versatile watch. And, and we talked a little bit about the the decision that I made that I ended up moving forward with a leather strap. Yes. I want to Uh, ask you about that, about that decision. So you started with a leather and and now you're mostly wearing it also on, on the bracelet, right? So if you're following my Instagram, which is at Ernesto Guapo 72, you'll notice that oftentimes you'll see it on a bracelet. So I ended up picking up a bracelet after I purchased the watch, which, you know, isn't necessarily the, for me, not necessarily the best way to go ahead and acquire that timepiece. So if I was to give any advice for some of our newer, or our listeners that are newer watch collectors, I would encourage you to consider looking at picking up that watch on the bracelet. Oftentimes it's going to be more expensive, um, initial outlay, but if you wait and got the bracelet afterwards, it's even more expensive. Um, you know, Leslie, I think the retail price on this bracelet is what? Uh, 850. 
850. Mm -hmm. And so, and I think that when you look at the difference between it being on a leather strap versus the bracelet, it's only a few hundred dollars. It's not an $800 difference. No, definitely not. Mm -mm. Definitely and not. so, so we, I would definitely encourage you to consider looking at it on a, uh, on a bracelet instead of, and you can always get the strap later for a few hundred dollars. Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. I, I agree. Um, if you have the opportunity to get it on the bracelet first, then go ahead and, and get it on the bracelet first. Even if you don't really think uh, you're going to wear it that much. You, you never really, you, you don't know down the road. Um, and also if, if you're a collector, like, like we are, I like to have complete sets. Um, when I got my, my black bay, I got it on the leather and, um, mostly wearing it on a NATO or on another strap. That's not Tudor. I wish I would have gotten it on the bracelet, although I don't really see myself wearing it on the bracelet, but simply because it would have been a complete set. And just for a few hundred dollars more, you just, uh, you just get it, get it all. So, um, it, it makes sense. And, you know, this is our first episode of bezel banter and we're already throwing out pro tips. <laughs> Yeah, again, you do you do whatever you want. I mean, honestly, we're just like it, it's from collecting from all those years. This is what you know we thought was um, was was better in a way. But again, if you're like, no, I'll never wear it on the bracelet. I don't care. Then no, don't. Um, but it's it's just I'm, I'm looking right now at, at the prices. It's literally like uh, three hundred dollars more uh, to get to get it on the bracelet. And I think totally um, totally worth it. Um, I think totally worth it too. It's a really nice agree. bracelet. And again, well. for our listeners out there, this is this is just these are just our suggestions and mm -hmm. just thoughts based off of our experiences. I mean, mm -hmm. so. yeah, and it, it's again also if you have the option, meaning that you know you you have uh, your AD or whoever you're buying it from tells you. I have one on the bracelet. I know for some particular model, getting it on the bracelet is extremely difficult. You'll either have to wait months, sometimes years, to mm -hmm. get it uh, in that configuration. And in this situation, I would recommend to get it sooner rather than later. If uh, you know your AD calls you and say, I have that Black Bay 58, but it's on the leather or on the NATO, and you really wanted the bracelet... Um, those, those might be the exception simply because you might wait a long time or even it might get discontinued by the time, you know, you, they might have one, they might tell you, you know, six months, a year, but who knows what can happen. So if, uh, yeah, that's a, mm -hmm. that's a great point, Leslie. And, and oftentimes those high demand timepieces mm -hmm. that you're talking about that you might maybe need to pull the trigger sooner, mm -hmm. even if it's not exactly what you want. You got to think sometimes if you're able to get it from the AD, it's already going to be a savings from what you would yeah. be able to get in the gray market. Yeah. And so, you know, a few more dollars on that bracelet might be the better financial option yeah. uh, in the long yeah, run. Yeah. So yeah, that's a great point. I, you know, sometimes we don't think of it that way, but because of your because of your experience and your perspective, that's mm -hmm. yeah, and it's so sad because I I had so we had you know everyone has their clients interested in you know all sorts of watches, 
And um, I would call some of my guys sometimes and be like, hey, I know you're looking for the bracelet version, but I have the leather or I have the NATO version. And they're like, no, you know what? I'll wait and I'll, I'll pass on it. And then I'll have that, that strap, that watch, you know, configuration in, in the vault or in the, on the case for weeks or sometimes months. And it's like, well, the most important is, is the case. Then you can add whatever straps you want, or you can, you know, spend a few hundred dollars more and, and, and buy the bracelet later on. But if it's just so difficult to get, and if you're calling several ADs and they give you the same answer, oh, well, this watch is in high demand right now. We're all sold out, but I'd be happy to take your name. And if one is available, I'll give you a call. If you hear something like this from several ADs and, and you get the option of getting that, that same case on a different bracelet, uh, and, and you love the watch, obviously, I'd say don't wait. Um, yeah, just pull the trigger. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, that's, that's, a, that's, that's great advice from experience. So yeah, that's... but I think for the Black Bay, uh, the 41, um, I don't think right now... Uh, they are so sold out. I think they're easily available. So if you were interested in getting one like this, yeah, bracelet makes a lot of sense. If you think you're going to be wearing it or you, yeah, I, I kind of wish I had the, the complete set. So I'll maybe sometimes down the road, I'll, I'll add the bracelet to it, which is, and the, that's, mm-hmm. go ahead. No. Yeah. And our bracelet will be the, the non riveted one. So the original, Correct. yeah. 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 Because the, the other, the newer Black Bay 58 is the one with the riveted mm-hmm. yep. uh, bracelet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they'll have a hard time trying to get the ETA version from the authorized dealer because yes. they're all in-house movements today. <laughs> yes, they all, yeah, yeah, they all are. But even, yeah, even if you wanted to get the um, the in-house version, um, I think you can easily get it on, on the bracelet. If they don't have it, they can order it. I don't think that's one that's um, that's hard to, uh, to find. Um, and, Mm-hmm. And for the past four years, I mean, it's got a history of with that in-house movement on that particular Black Bay, mm-hmm. and it is a tough uh, and and resilient and very. It's a it's a good robust watch, yeah. I mean, so it's proven itself over the past oh, yeah. four years. So I wouldn't have an issue today if I was looking in, in at a Black Bay to look at that in-house no, movement. It's no. got a 70-hour power reserve, which is awesome. It is. They started that 70-hour power reserve before Rolex did. And I know there are two separate companies, but there's a lot of uh, similarities. <laughs> right? I, just, you know, just may, Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you one day. <laughs> I probably need to edit that out. <laughs> But yeah, to go back to your point, um, to um, to go back to your point of a robust watch that's always with you when you're traveling. Um, I also bring my my Tudor, my Black Bay everywhere I go, and it has some massive scratches. Um, it has some dings and 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 dents, but. It tells a story, like actually many stories. Um, it, it followed me everywhere when swimming. I went on, on my honeymoon to uh, Indonesia with it. This is the watch that I wore there. So nice. um, I'm, I'm not afraid of wearing it. It looks great. It's comfortable. Um, it's really a badass watch. So even if you already have you know, an established collection, or even if you're starting, it definitely has a place in there. And it definitely has a place in our heart for sure. 
Absolutely. Yeah, that's so true. Um, you know, I was just thinking that uh, we might want to share with our listeners that how bezel banter got started, because I, I'm excited. This is our first episode mm-hmm, that we're true. recording for bezel banter. And this has been a thought process that we've had for a few months now. Mm-hmm, and yeah. we have, uh, we came up with this idea. And I, I remember, actually, I was driving up to Orlando, I was taking a vacation uh, with my family. And we were driving up to Orlando just to spend a long weekend over there. And uh, I was talking with my wife about it. And I said, you know what, I'm going to call Leslie real quick. And because she's based out of Orlando. So So wait, she was in the car too? And the kids. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, (laughs) So they knew about bezel banter before you did. That that I knew, (laughs) but I didn't know that they were also listening to um, to the call, which which is fine. I no, that's funny. Well, I don't think you were on speakerphone. I think you were on, oh, okay. so they weren't, they weren't listening in, but, um, <laughs> but you That's were, awesome. you were, you and I were talking on the phone as we were driving up to Orlando. Um, but so I remember just sharing this with Leslie and giving this idea and I didn't know what to expect. I mean, but she was, she was very kind and she's like, oh, I think that's a great idea. And I wasn't exactly sure. I was very excited. Okay. Okay. I was was impressed though. I'm like, are are we really like going to be doing this? Like, can we do it? Uh, So yeah, it was very like, um, just the thought of actually doing a podcast. Our references are like those, those guys are in the industry who are I don't know, so, so big and influential that, uh, I mean, it's not meant to, to measure ourselves to them at all, but it's, it, it was just very impressive. So, and very humbling too, that you would think of me uh, to start such a project. Well, we've, we've had this friendship now for a little over four years based mm-hmm. on the warranty card on <laughs> the computer black. I know. It's funny. <laughs> Who can say that of their friendship? Our friendship has a warranty card attached it's, to it. It's based off a warranty card. So you, you know you're a watch nerd um, if you're basing your friendships on warranty cards. Yeah. The date on the warranty card. So, yeah. no, you know, in, in the past four years, I will tell you, I... I have developed relationships throughout the industry. As you mentioned earlier, I probably have almost a dozen ADs that I have worked with or still work with. Mm-hmm. And um, and I have quite a few. I've been fortunate to meet a lot of great people mm-hmm. in this watch community. And I couldn't think of doing this project with anybody but you because I think over the past four years with the conversations that we've had, we both share that that common passion Mm -hmm. for watches. And um, yeah, I think we've walked each other on and off ledges as far as (laughs) adding collections, adding watches into our collections. That's so true. Yeah. (gasps) So when I, so when I think about that, I was like, Oh, you know, so I talked with Leslie about it as on the drive and, and she was like, Oh yeah, this is exciting. And, and I think she was even working at the time. So I had to let her go. And then, so I, uh, I was driving up there and I talked to my wife and I said, well, I, th- I think Leslie said yes, but we'll see what happens. Actually, I was on my patio at the time. I was, oh, it was my day okay. off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I oh, was on my patio off. and uh, yeah, I, I remember it because it was, I didn't expect it. And, and then all of a sudden, it, you know, it's like when you have that idea in mind, everything you're, you're thinking revolves around it. So um, yeah. <laughs> well, you were very reserved in your actions or your reactions. Okay. And so, 
and I, and I took and I took that very well because I'm similar that way too. I'm I'm cautious. I I don't want to show my cards immediately. Hence why, you know, when I was purchasing a Black Bay, I didn't want to show that I was too excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> so I remember a couple of days later I I spoke with you and you that's when I knew that you were very interested in moving forward mm-hmm. this project and I'm absolutely excited and I am looking forward to not only putting more of these podcast episodes with you, but also connecting with a lot of our viewers and maybe some of our uh, friends on Instagram too yeah. as well. Oh yeah, so. definitely. Definitely. Cause it's really what makes the whole passion interesting. Yes, we can collect for ourselves. And I mean, that's where it all starts, but it gets fueled by, you know, friends you meet along the way and, um, people who have the same interest and, uh, you know, really get excited about the same stuff as you do. Um, that's what I mean. Yeah. And you just do get to meet so many wonderful people. And, and I mean, our friendship is, um, is a perfect example for that. Um, it all started around, yeah, around a, a watch. Yeah. And and what's interesting is you come from a different background with regards to the watch industry than I do. And so your circle of friends are different than my circle of friends, because although we're both the commonalities, we're both watch enthusiasts, and I would say we're both collectors as well. Your background being in the industry is, and I'm on the other side of that, right? I'm on the other side of the counter. Um, I think you bring a set of insight and friends. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the relationships that you've developed too mm-hmm. is different too. And it's, it's been fascinating to learn about that as we go through this process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's true because I started, um, so working for an AD and, and seeing it from the point of, of a business. Uh, of course, when you're passionate, then things, kind of blend in. And I don't think, uh, I mean, at least for me, it wouldn't have been possible to continue, uh, you know, to, to work in an environment and not starting getting the, the bug for, for what I'm, uh, you know, for what I'm, I'm selling, but for what I'm learning about, because I've attended all the possible trainings, even those that trainings that didn't really pertain to, um, the product that I had. It's just like slowly you get sucked in, and um, my my friendship were um, work friendships um, mostly at first. So I was in contact with vendors and um, other you know people in in the industry, but also you know coworkers. And so that's that's how it started. And then you start developing those. I mean, it's still professional, but it's, um, they become, you know, more, more of a friendship because you do have the same goal and same passion and they have a knowledge that you don't have. So they're always challenging you and vice versa, because when you're talking to a brand, they uh, generally have a focus on their brand mostly. So you'll get to learn more about their particular brand, but you'll also bring them, um, another side, which is like the retail side, um, but also the multi-brand um, side. And then I had, I was kind of like a, a bridge in, in, in a way because then I also developed those, those those friendships 
with, uh, you know, um, sometimes clients like you and I, uh, we would just end up talking about watches for hours on end. And it shows because now I'm no longer working for an AD, but I'm still friends with, with those people. And uh, they still, you know, we still talk constantly. We ask for advice. And so I was like, you know, bringing also their side to vendors and, and, and we're like, you know, sharing that information so that, because um, it, it, it should be more, a little bit more transparent, I think, but you know, um, it's, um, yeah, it was, it was a definitely unique, uh, situation and, um, and it was really, really good. Uh, I got to learn so, so much. So much. Well, I, I will tell you right now, Leslie, you're a civilian. I know I'm a civilian. <laughs> that's true. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so you're no longer on that AD side. So no. you're, you're kind of one of us now with a little bit of knowledge on the other side, right? So <laughs> you can, you can, whatever you might be able to share with our viewers. I know there are some trade secrets that would be really challenging to, to um, share, but maybe there are some things that you can help our viewers and, and I'm sorry, our listeners mm -hmm. better understand about the industry so that they can make decisions appropriately for what they're trying to get out of their collecting mm -hmm. and also what they're wanting to get out of this uh this hobby oh yeah definitely and and basically everything that i, I i'm saying and, and that i will say uh during our, our episodes are the same things that i would tell my clients um sometimes especially if you're starting collecting uh you just you know you don't see um everything or at least it's funny because we all have a very similar process in collecting. At, at least that's what I, I noticed uh, over the years. And it happened to me as well because I'm also a collector. Uh, so I can definitely, you know, all the advice that I will give, uh, I, I would give, you know, clients or friends the, the same advice. So um, I was always completely transparent um, because in the end, it's something that, uh, I don't know, uh, it's collecting is meant to make us happy. And, uh, but if there's little tricks that you can pick up or things that you didn't know, um, yeah, uh, or questions, I mean, please feel free to reach out. Yes. Yes. And, and so that's the, and that was one of the things that was one of the reasons why I, um, I hit it off with Leslie immediately because she was very transparent and not the typical, uh, AD or, or a watch associate that was just focused on when are we going to close this sale? <laughs> it was more like, what's in your collection and why do you even want this? And so that, that was, uh, that was ex exactly why I, you know, immediately <laughs> was like, okay, Leslie, what's, what's the next piece we're talking about? Yes, so, but we were talking but about everything. We were talking about Seiko. We were talking about a lot of the, yeah. you know, brands, even Doxa that's, um, you know, I wasn't selling and it was right. just all about, you know, watches and what makes sense. Um, it always revolves around that. What makes sense? If it makes sense, then, you know, I'm all going to be on board and it's understanding what uh, the, the, you know, the meaning behind your collection or the meaning behind collecting what you're expecting and, and your process. And we do have a similar process in collecting um, mm. with a few exceptions. Um, so it's, um, yeah, it's, it's nice to have, um, you know, uh, a friend that you can talk to and ask for a question. And I know I was asking you questions too about, you know, pieces I wanted to acquire. What do you think? Should I, uh, even about micro brands, I remember, uh, asking you, right, um, right. so, uh, yeah, it's, and mm -hmm. I, 
I think we'll unravel and unpeel the onion as we get through more yes. episodes on on some of these topics. This is this is probably a good place to wrap things up for our uh, first episode. Leslie, again, I'm so excited that you know we've launched this mm-hmm. this Me podcast, too. Bezel Banter, and um, so I just want to thank you very much for listening and spending time with us on Bezel Banter. Uh, please hit the show notes for more details and links. You can follow us on Instagram. Leslie is at Ladies Wrist, and I'm at Ernesto Guapo seventy two. And you can follow the show on at Bezel Banter Media for any updates on new episodes or other communications. If you have any questions for us, please feel free to reach out to us on bezelbanter at gmail.com. And please subscribe and review wherever you find your podcasts because it truly helps us out. Additionally, you can grab this episode and other episodes at www.bezelbanter.com. Thank you again, and we look forward to catching up with you soon on another episode of Bezel Banter. Thank you very much. Thank you.